Hello, and welcome to the Amber Live interviews. This is Russell, producer and co-host of Amber Live. We want to remind you to subscribe to us both here and at youtube.com slash amberlive. You don't want to miss a moment of Amber LeMay, the Larry King of drag queens. There is so much more to Amber Live than just the amazing interviews that drag queen Amber LeMay does each week. We have hundreds of interviews and comedy sketches online already, and you can watch them all on YouTube. But in the meantime, you can listen to the amazing interviews right here. Now enjoy this episode of the Amber Live Interviews. Thank you, thank you, thank you, and welcome to Amber Live. This is our 46th show. All right, picture it. Boulder, Colorado, 1975. Um, people were wearing mood rings and playing with a Rubik's Cube, and they had pet rocks and were wearing leisure suits. The song of the year was Love Will Keep Us Together from Captain and Tennille. Uh, movies that were out were uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and Jaws. Gerald Ford was president, and Saturday Night Live, The Jefferson, Starsky and Hutch, and Phyllis were top TV shows. That was 1975. Someone else who was active in 1975 was our next guest, Clela Rolex. Clela, come on in. Hi there, Clela. Hi, Amber. So, hi there. So, all right, 1975. What were you doing in 1975? I think I wore a mood ring for one <laughs> In 1975, I was sworn in early in January as the Boulder County Clerk and Recorder. I ran in 1974, and honestly, I credit Nixon with my election and all the other Democrats in, in Boulder <laughs> County at that time because we had a sweep, finally, and Democrats still hold the courthouse. Okay, so what what had you been doing? Is that you? Yeah, believe it or not. Oh I, my goodness, that's adorable. So what were you doing before you became clerk recorder? Well, I was a secretary slash administrative assistant up at the University of Colorado. And um, I was in the process. I, I had just gotten divorced, single parent. <clears throat> And I was a feminist of the second wave feminist group. And so consciousness raising groups were a huge inspiration for me to give me courage and to make change in my own personal life. And so you decided to run for public office. The reason I did was because I went to a meeting where the Democratic Party was talking about who would replace the current clerk who'd been there 30 years and retiring. And they said that it had to be a man, a male candidate. And I was so pissed off about it. <laughs> I went back to the my consciousness raising group and they said, well, if you feel that way about it, why don't you run? And since my father had served in, um, Route County over by Steamboat, Colorado for 30 years as a county clerk. I thought, well, by osmosis, I surely know some things, right? With that, I ran. All right. So I'm sorry. I was doing some math. Back in 1975, I was 19 years old. You mm -hmm. couldn't have been much older than that. I was 31. 
Okay. Well, girl, you're looking good. <laughs> All right. So you're, you're clerk, you're clerk. And then what something happened that put you on the map? What was that? Well, it didn't take long. Around the first part of March, these two guys came in uh, together and asked for a marriage license. They were from Colorado Springs, which is still a very, very, very conservative town. Yes. <laughs> they went to the clerk there to ask for a marriage license. And she said, well, we don't do that kind of thing here, but go to Boulder. <laughs> Boulder already had a reputation. <laughs> and so um, that's how I found them on my doorstep. And they had a specific reason for wanting to be married. They wanted to qualify for the Homestead Act and get some land. All right. So, I mean, that wasn't legal or practiced anywhere else, was it? Uh, not to my knowledge. I didn't immediately say yes to them. In fact, I asked our district attorney to give me a legal opinion. And as it turns out, the Colorado marriage um, law at that time did not specify that marriage had to be specifically between a man and a woman. It just was mute on the subject. And so the district attorney said that it was up to me. He gave, he said, it's your decision. That was a heavy load, but, uh, I guess while I was waiting for his opinion, in retrospect, I think about that. And I think I always knew what decision I would make that I would say yes. This is Russell, producer and co-host of Amber Live, reminding you that it is your support that keeps us going. You can make a donation through this podcast. You can use our Venmo at RJD Pro, or you can visit us at AmberLive.tv and look for the support Amber Live button. And now back to this incredible interview. So by saying yes, you gave them the license. Did they have to do anything else to get officially married? Well, yes, they had to go get married by a minister. In those days, it was usually, you know, somebody in the church that performed weddings. Uh-huh. Is that the, is that the couple that we just saw? Is that yes. Oh, so, um, what were the repercussions? All hell broke loose. <laughs> I think about how I, I would have probably not survived it if social media had been a factor in those days. I got plenty of hate mail as it was, hate calls. And uh, in fact, an entire church in the community that I currently live in, uh, wrote letters to me, more than one church, and pastors preached against me, said I was creating a Sodom and Gomorrah in Boulder. Yeah, that was one of the biggest arguments, Sodom and Gomorrah. And so that was, uh, <clears throat> that was how the reaction was. And because it was so severe, I also became very much in disfavor with my own political party, the Democrats. They were furious that I did something like this. But even though they talked big about overturning those licenses or passing legislation that would overturn it, they were too cowardly, really, to stick their neck out and do it. They thought it would just go away, perhaps. But um, I issued 
I've continued to issue licenses, six altogether. And then the state attorney general issued an opinion that perhaps my licenses would be disingenuous to gay couples, making them think they had rights that they really didn't have. And so at that point, my district attorney suggested that I stop, and I did. So what what happened to those six couples? Well, I had a friend that managed to track most of them down a few years ago. A number of them have passed away. Um, one couple actually had a formal legal action taken to annul their marriage. And I didn't know that at the time, but that the judge validated those licenses by the annulment. The fifth couple is the couple that I finally, finally years later got to meet and befriend. And they befriended me, I should say. They were um, making a film and about their life, 12 years of their life together. They were together for more than 40 years. And they had been, been together for a number of years when they came to get a license. They saw me made fun of basically on the Johnny Carson show. And with that, they thought, this is all that's standing against us for um, Tony, who's Australian. The couple were Tony Sullivan and Richard Adams. Tony was Australian and he was going to be deported. So they wanted the license to fight uh, immigration. And they, they did a great service to the LGBT community because they took their case all the way up to um, circuit court in California. And of course they were denied, they were, Tony was deported by none other than Judge Kennedy who later became Justice Kennedy in the Supreme Court. And uh, as you know, in 2015, when the, the court ruled for same gender marriage, Justice Kennedy was a yes vote. So perhaps he was thinking of Tony and Richard and the vote that we had taken so many years ago. So Clela, you were honored or your actions were honored a few years ago. Well, tell me about that. Hmm. Well, let's see. Maybe you're thinking about our local out Boulder group who a few years ago, uh, several years ago now, uh, created an award to give each year to, uh, it was called Allies in Action. And so every year they give, give this award to an ally who has just been there, been there as an activist or been there working behind the scenes to support the LGBTQ community and uh, maybe that's what you're talking about. Uh, well, I heard a plaque was uh, erected at, uh, at your- Oh, at your that's what you're talking about. Oh, hey, okay. That was more recent, really. Um, okay. Yes, the National Historic Society, uh, there it is, um, gave the old courthouse where my office was positioned, National Historic Designation based on those marriage licenses. And um, in fact, the Colorado 
This history society is at this moment trying to upgrade that recognition to landmark status. So we will see. But the plaque was uh, created by the Boulder County Commissioners. And it was, I was hesitant about this whole thing, but I was so glad that they went ahead and did it because the plaque was very, it's very nice. And it's right on the outside at the front of the courthouse. And that night when they, we had a, they had a unveiling and so many people showed up and I, I just was so grateful and so moved that they showed up for this unveiling of that plaque. And I thought that the best thing that that plaque really could do is maybe when young people pass by it, they will see that Boulder County is there to think about them and to support them. And that's just one of the, the things that I, I hope for. I hope the message is. So, Cleela, I, I, I forgot to ask you something. Someone told me a story about you and a horse. Let's hear that story. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, after I issued a couple of licenses, um, this guy showed up at the courthouse, uh, Roz Howard, and he had his horse, Dolly, with him. And I looked out my window, I could see this happening, and I thought, oh, my God, the media was all over the place. He'd set this up. So he came in to get a license for him and Dolly, and he said, uh, if a man can marry a man, a woman can marry a woman, why can't a tired old cowboy marry his favorite horse, Dolly? So I just went through the motions of beginning to write out the license for him, not having any idea what I would do. And finally, I came to the question on age, Dolly's age. She was, uh, she was only eight, I think he said. And I just put my pen down and said, well, I'm sorry, but she's not old enough to get married without <laughs> I didn't know I could love you more, Cleela. I did. <laughs> Cleela, I, I'm, my friends will find this hard to believe, but I'm almost speechless. Uh, it's, <laughs> I, I just love you, love your story. Thank you, thank you, thank You're you. Um, we'll have you back for the quiz later on, but okay. oh my goodness, thank oh, you. Very nice to talk to you, thank you. Oh, oh my goodness, wow. I, chills, almost tears, just what it took back in 1975 to do that. Cleela, thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Amber Live Interviews. Remember to subscribe to us so you don't miss a single episode. And remember that it is your support that keeps us going. You can make a donation through this podcast. You can use our Venmo at RJD Pro. Or you can visit us at amberlive.tv and look for the Support Amber Live button. Live from the House of Lemay Makeup and Dressing Room. Here comes Amber. Stop what you're doing. Here comes Amber. She's just doing what she can. Here comes Amber, cue the spotlight. Here comes Amber with two drinks in her hand. The matriarch of fashion, the secret sewer glass.
glasses, you can't look away. Ask her, does she do it? There's really nothing to it. She's got that fun on it, If you have a party, or if you're feeling naughty, call up the house of the maid. Here comes your favorite gal. Here comes 